Uh, good morning, everybody. I hope you're looking forward to this week. I think it's going to be a great week as we dive into God's Word and our Bible reading plan. Today, we are in Genesis chapter 18. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. And hey, hey uh, whether you're watching this on uh, YouTube or uh, Instagram or wherever you're, you know, our website, wherever you're connecting with this, uh, leave a comment. Let me know what God is uh, saying to you or how God is using these devotions in your life. Love to hear from you. Genesis chapter 11 really centers around three things. You have the, 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 the Tower of Babel story. Then you have another genealogy, a more detailed genealogy of the descendants of Shem. He's mentioned back in chapter 10, but in chapter 11, uh, it's, it's in greater depth. And at the end of chapter 11, um, Abraham and his ancestors moving from Mesopotamia to Haran and then God calling Abraham. Uh, <clears throat> so a couple of things I want to talk about. One is you, you remember last week I teased you a little bit about how God can change a family's history. We had in chapter 10 the genealogy of Shem, one of the sons of, uh, of uh, Noah. Well, in chapter 11, we have that in great detail. And when you get down to the end of it, say starting at verse 26, you have, uh, you have or 24, you have Nahor, and 26, you have Terah. And, uh, and then uh, Terah is the father of Abraham. Nahor, he names one of his sons after his father, and Haran, <clears throat> Abram, who became Abraham. So Abraham, the father of the Jewish people, is a descendant of Shem. And, you know, for some time I thought, well, you know, God cursed the descendants of Cana, of, of Ham through Cana. They would be a servant. So I thought, all right, that's going to be the ones who were not godly. Shem's going to be the ones who are godly. And yet it's interesting. You know, the Abraham did not come from a godly family. It's really interesting. Uh, in... Um, in Joshua chapter 24, if you want to look at it in your Bible or just jot it down and look at it later, <clears throat> uh, Joshua chapter 24, verse 2, 24, verse 2, Joshua is speaking to the people. He's reviewing the history of the, of the nation of Israel after they've uh, settled the promised land. And he said to all the people, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, from ancient times, your fathers lived beyond the river, uh, talking about the Euphrates namely Terah, the father of Abraham and the father of Nahor. We just mentioned them. And then he says at the end of verse 2, and they served other gods. Did you hear that? They served other gods. So Abraham, his father and grandfather were not worshiping the God who created the world. They were, they were worshiping idols. They were worshiping other gods. And then in verse 3 of Joshua 24, God says, then I took your father Abraham from beyond the river and led him through all the land of Canaan. God intervened in Abraham's life and everything changed. Uh, one passage in the New Testament, for example, Acts chapter 7, the book of Acts chapter 7, uh, verses 2 and 4. This is when Stephen is giving you know, his, his sermon, if you will, before they stone him to death. And in chapter 7 of Acts, verses 2, 2 and following, uh, he said, this is Stephen, he said, Hear me, brethren and fathers, the God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haran. Uh, God moved uh, Terah, Abraham's father, and Abraham and some others of the family from Mesopotamia, which would be in what we'd think of as Babylon or um, Iran today, and, or Iraq rather, and moved them north along the Euphrates to Haran, 
straight north along the Fertile Crescent, and then later God would take Abraham south into Canaan. Think of it like a big V with that desert in between them. Um, and so God appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haran and said to him, leave your country, your relatives, and come to the land that I will show you. And then he left the land of the Chaldeans or the Babylonians and settled in Haran. And from there, after his father died, God had him moved to the country. So we're, we're now living. Um, so Abraham's the father of the Jewish people. But when he was a young man, he was not a worshiper of the God of the Jewish people, a worshiper of God. He, his father, grandfather, worshiped other gods, idols. And yet God intervened and changed his life and gave him a new mission in life. He became the father of the Jewish people and his entire lineage changed from what he had received. Some of you, some of you have a family background that uh, is great. Some of you have a family background that is not great. Got a lot of pain, um, a lot of ungodliness, addictions maybe. can be a lot of different things. You are not condemned to live what your ancestors lived. Just as God reached down and grabbed Abraham, changed him and changed the... the, the ch Abraham left a different legacy than what he received. So can you. Don't allow what has been to dictate what will be in your life when it comes to God. You, you, you can do better than your ancestors. That's one of the encouraging things to me uh, in this chapter is that God can change family history. And, um, and so it's back in Genesis uh, chapter 11, um, how I got on all that, you know, at the end of Shem's genealogy, it tells about Abraham and and so on. And and uh, I just think it's neat that God can change a family story. One last thing real quick, the Tower of Babel. You know, um, we're told in this chapter that uh, they wanted to build a tower in verse 4 that would reach up to the heavens and make a name for ourselves. And uh, and in verse 6, God said, if they stay united, they can, they, they can do so many, almost nothing will be impossible to them. And, and it also got me thinking, we, we as a people on planet Earth naively assume if we have one world government, where, one world government, one world power where everybody's in agreement, it's going to be good. Maybe. Maybe not. Because when people are together, they can be together for good or bad. And over human history, we have seen that the most powerful empires many, many, many times have been instruments of evil. Uh, maybe there's a reason uh, God gave us different languages and cultures so that we don't become too arrogant because the more powerful we become, the more arrogant we become, the more self-dependent we become, and the less we feel a need for God and recognize him. So the Tower of Babel reminds us that the whole world being together as one, oh, we, you know, uh, uh, oh, John Lennon's song, he may have been wrong. One world government could be a good thing, but it could also be a very, very, very bad thing. Depends on who's running it and what its values are, and what its goals are. 
So just because something sounds good on the surface doesn't mean that it really is good when you dig down into the details. Just, just a philosophical thought for the day. Hey, God bless you. I'll see you tomorrow.